Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, December 6th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Whitney McDonald. This is our weekly wrap for what happened in auto finance for the week ending December 3rd, 2021. As always, I want to thank Auto Finance News Advertisers, Agora Data, CCC Intelligent Solutions, Cedar CX, Defy Solutions, Verisk, and Westlake Financial for their continued support. Busy week last week. In general automotive news, Toyota Motor announced that its production output dropped 26% in October when compared with last year as supply chain woes and semiconductor chip shortages continue to hamper the world's largest car maker. Global sales in October also fell 20% on the month year over year. On the electric vehicle front, automotive executives surveyed by consultancy firm KPMG saying that EVs will account for nearly half of all auto sales by 2030. As price drops, as prices drop down toward um, in those comparable to internal combustion engines. Specifically, EVs will likely make up 52% of the US, Japanese, and Chinese markets, and 49% of Western Europe, according to average estimates in the survey of more than 1,000 global auto, automotive leaders. Still, separately, Polestar's chief executive said that he expects to battle chip shortages well into 2022 as the fledgling automaker works to hit sales goals outlined to investors. And, and then this morning, Ford Motor, Motor announced that it is delaying its return to office plans for salaried employees to March of 2022 as cases continue to spread in Michigan, where the OEM is headquartered. Ford originally planned to return salary employees to office in January 2022 and is requiring all of most of its 32,000 salaried employees to be vaccinated by December 8th. Also this morning, Lucid Motors was hit with a subpoena by the Securities and Exchange Commission in relation to the automaker's combination with Churchill Capital Corp 4 that brought the company public through a SPAC. Lucid stock slumped 5.7% to 44% dollars and 58 cents per share as of 3.30 p.m. today in New York. Whew, it's a mouthful. Whitney, what's going on in auto finance? I was going to reiterate what you said and say that last week was indeed a busy week. <laughs> um, I covered Exeter Finance. Earlier last week, they announced that they are entering the near prime market for the first time. So that'll open up the lender to a new group of consumers just allowing them to grow their offerings. Um, and if that wasn't exciting enough, they also announced that the acquisition, their acquisition by Warburg Pincus also officially closed. So that was something that we've been following since it was first announced in June. Um, we're also working on a follow-up story to include some more details about the acquisition. So watch for that this week. Great, and you you talked to a couple auto dealers last week. So what's going on in their world? Yes, I did. So of course, every couple of months, we try and check in with dealers just to see what's going on in the industry from their perspective. So I had the pleasure of talking to NADA Chairman Paul Walzer about something that he's been noticing on the F&I side of the business. So he said that public companies are, of course, continuing to post their F&I profits, but 
those profits are getting higher and higher and are becoming kind of a red flag for regulators. So that's looking like it's going to lead to more monitoring and regulations to ensure that there's not anything going on that's less than appropriate or acceptable. Of course, those regulators working as consumer advocates. Um, those regulations aren't known what they're going to look like, but it does look like those are going to be on the horizon. Um, so we'll be following that um, as as that kind of comes to the surface to see what that's going to look like. Um, I also talked to another dealer. I talked to Rick Reichart of Reichart Automotive, and our conversation touched on a lot of topics, kind of including what this new normal in the auto industry looks like. So we're kind of moving away from that topic of when will we get back to normal? And now we're embracing and accepting that this is the new normal. So a couple of things that we've been covering, of course, since the pandemic hit is those new practices that are here to stay, including, of course, digital options, online transactions, and dealers leaning more on online auctions for those used vehicles and used products. Um, we also discussed the future of build to order, which our conversation on that front was really interesting. That's of course gaining traction. We've also been covering that. We did a feature on that. Um, we've talked about how it benefits the captives because it's, an o it's a direct line from the OEMs. But an interesting thing that we hadn't exactly directly covered is that build to order is growing, but manufacturers can kind of look into their build to order process and simplify it. So he said that it seems like a really good idea to do build to order, but consumers are easily getting overwhelmed by the amount of options that they have. So on the dealer front, you're seeing consumers start the process online and then not really know which selections they're making, maybe get halfway through the process, if that, and then kind of bail and go to a dealer and say, hey, this is too much for me. So in theory, it's a great idea, but it's looking like there's too many options. So he gave Hyundai as an example of a manufacturer that's kind of learning to make that process easier for its consumers. So they're limiting the choices while still giving plenty of options. So it's just kind of a good place to look at Hyundai is, uh, is uh, making that process a little bit easier for its consumers. But this is just an example of, of different ways that dealers um, are looking at the market and um, how they've adapted since the pandemic. And of course, manufacturers will keep trying new things. And I'm sure as we get into 2022, those new ideas, the build to order, all those things will get ironed out um, as we as we move along. Um, but yeah, this this idea of simplifying the build to order process is what Rycar is looking at. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot from talking to the dealers. It's always great to see what's going on from their perspective. Um, and of course, we'll keep following along both of these topics um, as as they progress. Right. You know, it's interesting that. Um on the built to order front that consumers are falling off because they have too many options because we saw that you know at the very start of the pandemic when um you know lenders were first going online like really kind of streamlining that process to get consumers from a to b without overwhelming them with you know too many options right how do you slide your down payment how do you decide um you know your monthly payment based on you know your total payment and things like that um so it'll be interesting to see how 
lenders kind of incorporate themselves into that process, into that build to order process when it's already complicated, right? How are they gonna, how are they gonna think about simplifying that process even further to make sure that once the consumer has, you know, created their car, that they, you know, they don't drop off when there's a finance uh, or, or when they get to the finance aspect of that process. So very, very, very interesting and, and a strange problem to have. Um, to wrap up a little bit on, again, on the technology front, um, you know, we saw two OEMs double down on their investment in the in-vehicle technology advancements. Daimler partnered with Visa to offer biometric enabled payments and Rivian has reached a deal with Amazon Web Services um, and it will use uh, AWS's cloud computing to monitor vehicle battery life, charging efficiency, and provide over-the-air updates. Um, you know, this is something we've been following in vehicle payments, is something we've been following um, sort of as a fledgling kind of extension of our beat um, since about February. And, and it's really interesting. We're seeing more General Motors is big into in vehicle payments. Um, Daimler also back then in last February was was very heavily involved in the payments and the in-vehicle um, experience is what they called it because it's not just payments it's you know car as experience um, as if driving isn't experience enough um, but you know I think one thing that's interesting about Rivian and Amazon you know outside of the obvious that Amazon it has a 20% stake so of course they're going to use their you know Amazon web servers but you know, we're, we're going to see a lot more of this connected car, over-the-air updates with electric vehicles, monitor, monitoring battery life, monitoring charging efficiency, um, you know, really just kind of connecting cars in ways that we haven't really seen before. And I, I feel like this in-vehicle technology um, is going to play a, a larger role. So that's definitely something we'll keep an eye on uh, going forward. I think that about does it for us today. Uh, thank you all for joining us on the roadmap. Uh, please rate us on whichever platform you use, in, use to listen to the program and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, we will see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time.